411-LIVE. Well, you can learn about issues that affect us every day. State of world, 411-LIVE. Real people, real talk. Made to help people in our community in every way. For your girl, 411-LIVE. Milwaukee is almost like two cities in one. You know, we have the the growth, we have the NBA championship, we have the uh, Republican and Democratic national committees looking to bring conventions here. Uh, there's economic growth downtown. Uh, and then you have that other side, uh, high levels of poverty, um, high crime, high homicides, record level homicides, um, things that are happening that affect a lot of our young black males. Things to be concerned about, for sure. Um, Of course, I want to give the caveat that not all black males are criminals or involved in crimes. We have a lot of um, uh, young people who are doing really, really well. But there is the concern about those who are not. Hello, everyone. I'm Beverly Taylor. This is the 411 Live, Real People, Real Talk. My guest today knows all about this and thinks about it and has been in the midst of all of this, working with young boys and young, young, uh, young men, um, African-Americans. Andre Lee Ellis is joining me with his lovely wife, Angela. They were with me for an earlier pot podcast, and if you have not seen that, I really recommend that you go back and, and look at that one and listen to it because it was great. But I wanted to bring them back and talk about, you know, what we're seeing with our young men, young ladies too, mm-hmm. um, that, are, that hurt, you know, that kind of hurt, hurt you to your heart, really. Your heart goes out to them. You know, somewhere in there, things have gone astray. And then you almost feel helpless because you you don't know what you can do or what role you may have played. Uh, There are a lot of questions. But, um, Andre, I really wanted to talk to you because you were the founder of We Got This. And during that tenure with that organization, you saw hundreds of boys and Angela, you know all about it mm-hmm. because you were right there with him. Mm-hmm. And you know about some of those boys that had to come to your house, mm-hmm. you know, that were in crisis. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to kind of talk to you about what you're seeing. I know you're passionate about this because we were talking about the other podcast and this came up. We had you scheduled for a podcast and you had to cancel because the mayoral candidates were going to be in a debate and you wanted to be able to ask them some questions about what are you going to do about what we are seeing with our young people? Um, and I felt that passion. What's going, tell me a little bit about what you're thinking. Once I was in the garden one Saturday and I had a hundred boys between the ages of 12 and 16 years old. And I asked the question, how many of you don't know your father? 90 of them raised their hand. Mm -hmm. How many of you know your father but still don't have a relationship with him? Five more raised their hand out of 100 little black boys who got to that guard by 8 o'clock 
to work for $20 for four hours because if you're late, Mr. Andre shuts the gate and don't let you in. And 800.1 is late, not 801. You don't have a minute to be late in life because death is even less than a second to happen to you. So, so is love and so is understanding. But only five of them knew their dad and possibly had a relationship out of them. And that's when I looked at them and said, okay, I don't have to be your birth dad. I'm the earth dad. Mm. And many of them began to call me pops. And, and that opened up the invitation for young black boys who had tons of questions, who had a whole lot of anger, who had a whole lot of poverty in their lives. Some of them were there to get their $20. And when they got it, you could see the parents gathering mm -hmm. on by foot on the corner as soon as they got mm -hmm. paid and walking them into the corner store using their $20 to purchase a pack of cigarettes oh, and then wow. giving them the change or taking their 10 of their dollars to go buy a crack rock mm -hmm. to, to go back to the house. Or the boys would come and say, don't give me my money in front of everybody because my mother over there walked watching and I need to tell her that I didn't get paid today. I said, no, because if you tell her you didn't get paid, I'm going to be in trouble. And so I walk over to the parent and I say, hey, Please don't use his money for this today or that today. And then I might not see that little boy the next week or mm. the time after that because the parent has then told him you can't go back over there anymore. You put them people in mm -hmm. our business and they take the goodness away. And the next time I hear about little Charlie, he's in handcuffs mm. or he's at the juvenile justice center where I go sometime and do work. Wow. That's that's incredible. So you founded we we got this. Hundreds, hundreds of boys. You're you're now you've left that organization, still still friendly, still connected, uh, in that emotional way, but you're with uh Ultimate uh Farm Collaborative. Correct. But Angela, I'm just wondering you know that it's it's a lot to take. It it's it's admirable it's important to love these kids and speak to them where they are and reach them we need more people to do that but that takes a toll doesn't it it does it does yeah you saw that i did i did but again mm -hmm. i just i knew that that was something that that's where andre's heart was mm -hmm. um those boys um, some of them didn't have no one, no mom, no dad, an uncle. They didn't have anyone. And to just throw them back out into the streets or I say to the wolves, I just I didn't think it was fair. Right. And if they are coming to Andre for help, who am I to tell him not to help them? And then turn around and see it on the news that they've they've died. Yeah. Something has happened to them. I, I don't think I would be able to live with myself with that. So, yeah, he um he's do, he did and he's doing what what God puts on his heart to do. Right. Like he said he's not the birth dad. He he's the earth dad um to I'm I'll say thousands of boys, young men, young gentlemen. Some of them are almost his age. Right. Right. Who probably don't know their dad or know their dad are in a bad relationship because I hear it. I, I hear some of the conversations and they, they are of age, but they still, his phone still rings. Right. And I still, I hear those conversations. Yeah. You were telling me earlier that, you know, you get a kid that, you know, 19 was sent to prison or to jail and spent there, been there for 
10, 15 years, and then and they've heard about you, they get out, hmm. and they come, they would come to the garden to it, find you. And they're 40 years old. Take the word thug. Remove the T. You have what they need, a hug. Mm-hmm. All right, and then you can reach them. And, and, and oftentimes when you're trying to hug a boy or a man and they've been touched already or been labeled something else and you go in towards them and you're a man, they have to first make sure that you're genuine, mm-hmm. that you're not looking for, for sex or or something else that 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 may have hurt them or something like that or how how their life is dictated now but it happens all the time where i meet young brothers that come home from prison and they come and meet me or they used to come to the garden and that's the first thing that they would express that they watched me on the news mm-hmm. or they read about me in the paper or other people that are in the neighborhood doing it too because i'm not the only one you've got some great guys and some great places that people can go through i love um if i can just shout out the running rebels organization Absolutely. i I love them for for being a, a place where they could go. And I love what Kwabana, Antoine Nixon, and Muhib Dyer, and Ajamu Butler, and them do. And if I didn't say your name, it's not because I'm lessening what you do. You make yourself known and, and make yourself um, out there, and then people will hear about it. But it's just many of us that are doing it. Here's what I wish. I wish that the governmental entities and the people and the cliques that are getting together downtown in the boardroom mm-hmm. and, and putting together the budgets and the monies and the resources that need to be going into the houses and the neighborhoods so that the thugs who need a hug can kind of rise above what it is that they're going through and putting it in the hands of those of us that will do things that will help the people because it's really, really bad. But here's the other thing, Beverly, and I have to say it. Mm -hmm. It's a business. And in our city, you know, many people go to college and get a degree for urban everything. They get a degree in urban medicine, urban education, urban urban criminal whatever urban law and urban usually means something with poor poverty black and brown communities and things like that and i once asked a group of doctors that came to students that were becoming doctors from marquette university and they were um studying every one of them said urban this urban that and i asked them i said i have a question for you all and somebody answered this even to the instructors here where do i go and get me a degree in suburban anything who teaches me how to keep white people poor. If I want a degree for for white people that do the same things that black people, where do I go get that? And it's a shame that we have to do that because the one thing I love about the garden that you work with a bouquet. All the flowers are a different color. All the vegetables Mm -hmm. and everything are a different color. But when you hold them in your hand together, it's such a beautiful bouquet. Mm -hmm. I wish the world would turn into a beautiful bouquet. But yeah, I get all kind of young men older men or whoever it is coming to my life, coming to the garden, and they need the assistance of the earth dad. Yeah, yeah. Do you feel like, you know, we're in a time where things have gotten, well, it's just gotten worse. Are you, I guess I'm I'm wondering what you're seeing now, does that heighten your concern? Well, we're desensitized to it now. Mm-hmm. You know, we could hear we could hear somebody get shot, and now we want to zero in and see what all happened. How many mm-hmm. times did they get shot? Where? How did they die? And all we want the details of it. And I don't know if that's the video games that people play over the years, or that the young people play now. Um, I, the young men that I talk to who say, "Well, well, well, shoot," but but which is usually a cuss word. Well, shoot. Um, it don't matter. I'm not going to live to be 25 anyway. And I tell them, say, look at me. I'm 61. 
And that's what happens. There's silence in the room. Yeah. Because, well, I never knew my granddad. Well, I'm him. I never knew my dad. I'm him. You don't have an excuse anymore. And, 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 and usually, those are the ones that I can reach. I'm recently concerned about the young man that went into the 5th District Police Station mm-hmm. and just started mm-hmm. shooting. Now we're at a point to where we're shooting back at the cops when we used to look for baseball cards from them, when we used to call them for help. Now we're at a point where 911 puts you on hold versus coming real quickly. We're at a point where Red Cross doesn't come to the neighborhood anymore because they don't have enough volunteers from the community to assist them. Now we're at a point where when young men getting out of the car, you can already see the gun in their pocket, waist, mm. or hand. Now we're at a point where every young man that I hug almost has on a bulletproof mm-hmm. vest. That's amazing to me. Really? Mm-hmm. We're at that point. We're, we're at the point to where where domestic violence is on the rise, even with our young people. They're 15 and 16 years old, and they think relationship is slapping and hitting, even the girls. The girls slap and hit the boys, and then when the boys hit them back, they go get their brother or their cousin or their dad, and now the dad is shooting at you for slapping or hitting on his daughter when your, your daughter, not that anybody deserves it, but who's teaching them about relationship when at home they are the ones supplying their parents with drugs. Wow. So when you try to nail down, you know, a cause, I mean, there are so many causes, right? I, I, I just think we're living in biblical times. Yeah. I think we're living in, in, in the last days, and it says that the last days would be evil, but it also says to be in it and not of it. And, mm. I, and I'm excited that, that for me, I have a lot of success stories. Like I could tell you, little Malik Taylor was a 12-year-old boy that I met at the garden that every chance that the school, the father school principal was calling me and saying, Luke, Luke, Malik is a terror, and I'm jumping up out of bed in my flannel pajamas mm-hmm. and running through the street <laughs> with no <laughs> shoes on to get over to the father and, and, and ask him for that room because I'm getting ready to treat him like a son. I grab him by his throat, slam him up against the wall. Yeah, yeah, therapy. And uh, and I say, Malik, you're going to go in that class and you're going to act right. But Malik graduated from North Division High School last year out of the mm-hmm. 11th grade. Oh, out of wow. the 11th grade at 16, Malik, the next day after he graduated, Malik went into the Army Reserves. And Malik went and did his three or four months in, in, in that training. But now Malik is over at, um, let me say it right, Cardinal Stretch University. And he's studying to become a lawyer because Malik said by the time he's 34, he wants to be president of the United United States. Malik just recently proposed to a 17-year-old girlfriend who's studying law. They look like or they're mimicking that couple that we know. And I'm just really excited about um, Malik Taylor, Rashawn Collins, who works with me over at the Garden, who I got at 12 years old, who had a speech impediment. And his teacher told him that he couldn't win the student council because he stuttered. And I took him and taught him theater tricks, and he won the speech. And now he's over at the Garden with me, and he's 21, and he just has not left Pop's side. I have a lot of success stories. Travis Hartman, who, yeah. who grew up on Ninth the Ring, one of the first persons that I met who may be leading We Got This mm. as we speak. And, and coming up this spring, that may be the person you go do business with there. 
Excellent. I love those stories. Mm-hmm. That That is what made it all rewarding for you, right? Yep. I think we need to accentuate the positive. Yeah. As much as I could tell you some horrible stories about death, how, how I've been to the funerals or how I lost some of my young men, seeing their heads shot off, um, being shot, stabbed, and burned in garbage cans, having half of their face shot off. I could tell you some horrible stories, but I have far more success stories mm-hmm. of young men that come and now they're bringing their babies and saying, I got three babies, but I take care of all of them and all three of their baby mamas, you know? (laughs) But they're in their lives. And I think today's young men who lacked dads want to attack that. And now they want to be the parent. They don't want to just be a parent. They want to be the parent. And I see young men coming back into the lives of, of these children. And I think the system needs to make it easier. The, the child support system and places mm-hmm. like that, you're going to have to have me back for a third time. I know. The child support system and all of yeah. that need to make it easier for these young men to be parents. And rather than giving ways to separate the mother and the father, they need more more sessions where they can counsel them on how to do co-parenting or mm-hmm. good parenting and relationship building. All right. Right there. Yeah. We're going to cut. We're going to yeah. take a break. We have much more to talk about with Andre Ellis and his wonderful wife, Angela. So stay with us. When I was in foster care, I never knew when I would have to move. So I always had my suitcase ready to go. Then one day I was adopted. My new parents opened their hearts and home to me. My parents cook my favorite breakfast for me every morning. My parents take me on trips I never thought I would go on. They gave me a home and an even better reason to use that suitcase. My parents aren't perfect, but they're perfect for me. When times get dark, we can't see the help that's all around us. Let 211 be your guiding light for help with food, health care, and other resources. 211, how can I help you? Call 211. Or visit 211.org. 211. Get connected. Get help. Welcome back to the 411 Live. I am talking with Andre Ellis and his wife, Angela Ellis. And when we left, we were talking about some of those, those, those success stories, those things that kind of pumped you up to help you continue to do what you were doing. Um, to just see the flourishing of the seeds that you've planted, the young men who have grown up and taken the high road. And that's wonderful. But you also have those that did not. Or they tried and something else, you know, interfered with them. Those those hard stories, those those stories that, you know, we, we kind of glossed over uh, a little earlier on where some of those young men are not with us anymore. Yeah, that's that's disheartening because imagine when you you look at Facebook and you you see the tons of mothers who have lost sons and and, and fathers too, but mm-hmm. mainly it's the single mothers a lot who get the knock on the door that their boy was the one that got ambushed or yeah. shot or killed or, or that the police took out or or whatever or died in prison or in custody or whatever. It's just the single mothers that have to go through that. And, and, and oftentimes I have to hear their story 
stories and have to see them try to be so strong. But how strong can you be when it's all in your dreams, when it, yeah. when their tennis shoes are still sitting by their bed because you don't have the strength to move them? Mm-hmm. How strong, how strong do you be when you still have their last report card taped to the mirror and it was straight A's But because there was some hope. But somehow they got into the wrong group of young people and into the wrong fast-moving car, this reckless driving that mm. we do. You know, we want to blame it on video games and different things like that. But now you can go to college and you can get a degree in video gaming. My own grandson, Dr. Peanut, plays the video games. And yes, does he have a bad attitude sometimes? Yes. Did I ever have to grab him by the throat about it? Yes. <laughs> will I do it? Yes. I will do whatever it takes mm-hmm. to keep him out of the back of a police car versus the fast-moving car, and I keep them in the back seat of my car. That way I just I decide how fast the car go, and then we, we, we just make sure that we monitor, and I go into the room and see how he plays. And, and I mean, this boy in there for hours, but he recently met a college student um, in Chicago at DePaul University who's teaching him how to build the computer. He oh, can wow. make his own computer. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling him, Dr. Pino, when you go to college, he's going into high school. He's going to Riverside. Riverside, get ready. I'm sending you a scholar. <laughs> and um, and um, he's going into high school. And I'm saying, when you go to college, you could have 10 computers already built. So out of your dorm room, you're selling computers. But how good is that going to be for him if people are there trying to rob mm-hmm. him and different right. things like that? So he got to do build computers and take karate but right, right. Oh my <laughs> but, but those are the ways that we need to redirect our young people those that are still in cars we need to introduce them to automobile mechanics down at MATC mm-hmm. those of them that like to play with guns we need to teach them that you can become a police officer or going into the military is not a bad thing well I don't know what's going on now today right. but because none of us want our children in the war but if that if the war is not going on it's good training and, and it's good benefit the same thing with the fire firefighters and the fire yeah. department. They need uh, people. So if we just do direction, but if we keep building and and making prison room prison um, cells more accessible to our children then they're going to keep talking about how to be comfortable in jail, how to make it in jail, how to take it in jail, especially if the home is already hell. Right. You know, they rather go to jail and they friends are telling me, well, you're in there, do this here. Take your noodles. Your noodles don't taste so bad if you put some peanut butter and some kind of, now you got gourmet noodles in prison that you're selling for $5 <laughs> a bowl. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. But, but <laughs> look, what you were, you were saying is, is really important. Parenting. Parenting. Direction. Giving them directions. Because sometimes I hear of, you know, a parent that's afraid of the kid. And the kid is running the home. Mm-hmm. Slapping mama. Yeah, slapping mama. You know, so and that's not the way it's supposed to slapping be. Slapping daddy. Slapping daddy. So somewhere along, because the kid came out as a baby, as an infant, something happened. Something went wrong. Well, you you know, we, you got a lot of outside influences. Kids learn yeah. what you can and can't do to them. Hit me back. I'm calling the police and I'm going to tell them that this happened. And then, then when the police come, they're arresting the parent more than taking the kid away. Here's the other thing. If we don't attack mental wellness or provide mm. mental wellness, mental illness, you recently had Montreal Kane and Mira on, on your show. And I was glued in last week to that because we all need to, to look at what's happening when it comes to 
to mental wellness yeah. treatment and the need mm -hmm. for it and for people to recognize it because some of us that are in professional positions, a lot of police officers, a lot of firefighters, a lot of school teachers, a lot of parents need therapy. They, they, they're afraid to admit it, but they're rising. And some of them aren't in the public who they are at home when they're working with their children. Right. And I remember long time ago doing a story. We got this at the garden talking about mental health. And this is before the pandemic and talking about you know, these kids really needing this. First, you got to overcome the stigma. But then when you do that, availability was an issue. Now you got the pandemic and now all of, the, all of these kids are dealing with mental health mm -hmm. issues. And now so many need it. Mm -hmm. um, you can't you can't hide from that fact. These kids need direction. And, you know, you just think about, OK, what, what can I do? What can I do? Stop calling them names. That's a, that's stop a start, call, Stop it? calling them crazy. Stop calling them lazy because whatever they are, you allowed it to happen in your house. You know what I mean? Yeah. They couldn't lay around if you didn't sit around and stand around yourself or just be around. A lot of your church parents clapping hallelujah in the church while your boy at home selling drugs. Mm. Maybe you should have them at church with you or maybe you need a TV evangelist to direct you so that you can <laughs> be at home, home in and the house them. and yeah. watching them because now they go to jail and you really praying to Jesus after the fact. What would you doing before that because right. not with, with come faith and prayer comes obedience and, and that's better than the sacrifice that we do we gotta we gotta also the these governmental programs and entities the people that are running and directing them if you know that you have a drug habit and you shouldn't be the director of the program if you wow. know if you have a sexual addiction to children you shouldn't be the director of the program if you have a anger issues and you lash out at people over any Thing. You should not be the director of the program because you need some direction, your own self. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we had kind of talked about. Uh, I'm know, sorry, Angela's here, too. Uh, and I'm about to bring her in because we were talking, you know, we talk about mental health and things like that. And I'm thinking of all the things that you're talking about. You know, you involved with the kid whose head was shot off shot or off. half of the face was shot off and you're helping families with funerals for mm -hmm. these kids who you you were pouring into all of those things. and then being getting the phone calls or the knock on the door you know pops i need your help i need your help and angela you're there and you're like i guess they need to come on in you know mm -hmm. and all of this and i'm just wondering about ptsd on this part you know him processing all of that. Did you have to work with him to, were you that sounding board for him, Angela? Sometimes. Andre keeps a lot of things locked up inside of him. And I really believe that's where um, those heart attacks mm -hmm. is just the stress and the pressure of him not opening up and being honest with me about a lot of things. He just kept it locked up in him and um, just couldn't take it no more. Yeah, like the the deaths that we just talked about. Um, I know that that was those were like really, 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 really rough on him. Um, he recently lost his own son not too long ago, not due to violence, but I look back on that and I and I see how that is still today. It bothers him because. He doesn't talk about it. Yeah. Oh. He he doesn't talk about it. So the pressure, the stress, 
on the heart, on the on the mind. Um, you got to get it out. Mm-hmm. You got to get it off. You got to get it out of you. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I can do it. I give it a lot to God. I pray a lot. Mm -hmm. I thank God that Angela and I talk a lot. And now we do something in the morning where I'm almost just all of a sudden started happening where we talk in the morning before I leave. And and then I say to her, you know, so-and-so, so-and-so, this, that, the other, whatever, whatever. And and she's a good listener. She doesn't always have a lot to say, but I I get to get a lot off of my chest talking to Angela. Thank God I got an angel with an A on the end of her All name. All right. All right. Yeah, absolutely. That is so good. I, you know, I love you too. I love your your togetherness, your relationship. Um, and I love the laughter that I see in you. And that's that's pivotal for a good relationship She's to be funny. able to laugh. She is yeah. funny. Angie is yeah. and, and you are too, <laughs> you know? So it is such a, a joy and a reward for me to be able to talk to you. If this has been fun. It, you know, I, I it's can, over. It's it's over. Oh, and, man. And I could talk to you for, you know, a couple more hours. Yeah. But, um, Got some other guests that I come on next week, I guess. <laughs> but you know what? You're one of my favorites. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Andre Lee Ellis and Angela Ellis. Thank you guys for joining me. Thank you for the what you do, how you pour into young people, and you continue to do that and have a heart for it. And you're in Milwaukee, so don't go anywhere. Stay in Milwaukee. We need you. Peace, peace, All right. peace. All right. And thank you for joining us for another episode of the 411 Live. Remember, we're a nonprofit organization, so if you feel so inclined, go to our website, the411live.org, and you can help us out. But until next time, I'm Beverly Taylor. This is the 411 Live. Real people, real talk. If you would like to check out past episodes, there are many ways. Go to your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Like and watch us on Facebook. Watch and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And if you have suggestions for future episodes, go to our website, the411live.org.